DMVR Broncos live coming to you from Studio X, where the X stands for X Bronco. Oh, that was actually a good one. Thank you. Thank terrible. You. I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say X host Zach Stevens. Oh we, we, wow, he got wow. Yep. What are the odds he's gonna listen to this? Uh, I bet you he's listening right now. Really? Yep. I doubt it. I don't think well, he's gonna hear anything we say. Is he still at practice technically? I think it technically ended at two fifty-five, maybe. Oh yeah, he's listening. No way. For sure. No way he's listening. Yeah. Zach, if you're here, comment. We'll miss you. Great great job all those years. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. Zach's uh, Zach's at practice. I wish I could say he was taking a Roby day, but he's not. He's, mm. uh, he's actually at practice. Um, and we're here talking about a couple news bits before we get into a draft of the best rookies. Um, but let's just jump in right in the news. I said X stands for X Bronco, and that person is joe schobert yeah um i said it on the post game show i was like okay so this game took me from joe schobert could be a contributor to as i wrote in my notes schobert got a gobert and he actually did i wasn't kind of actually wasn't expecting that when i wrote that down yep um but it clearly he i he didn't have it anymore apparently it's weird though because he's only 28 like, he shouldn't just be washed at this point, you wouldn't think. But, yeah, I mean... Football's weird like that, man. Like, no other sport can you just lose it overnight. Uh, I mean, this guy goes from pro bowler. Mm-hmm. Was he all pro? I don't think he was okay. all pro. Pro bowler uh, in Cleveland. Yep. Hits the market. And I remember he was like a hot... He was like the yep. hot linebacker name on the market. Third largest contract that offseason. Jags give him a huge deal. $60 million? 55 Okay. And doesn't work out there, but that's not his fault. No one works out in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, so then he gets traded to the Steelers. Doesn't work out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had some moments, I think. Yep. Um, but <clears throat> the telltale sign for me was like, Steelers fans did not like him. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's not good. They also yep. saved $8 million by cutting him. Yep. So you could still yep. be solid and get cut. You could cut. paint a picture in your head, okay, he still got exactly. it. And then, to be honest, like you saw him on the field on saturday and no one looked good and he obviously wasn't getting help from anyone around him but he looked a step slow um he looked lost he missed tackle he was you know dove and missed another one didn't like miss the tackle but wasn't able to get there and it was just like oh this doesn't look good it's crazy though i mean and the other thing is he, he had four practices yep like wow, he's it. yeah i think it was four because he was he tuesday or was he monday no oh yeah he was last monday was it Monday? So that would have been Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Were there five? Four or five practices is the point. Yeah. But, but it's not like you're going to knock all that rust off immediately. And so, again, like you watch the game. You think, wow, he was pretty terrible there. But at least you can talk yourself into it because things will get better. And the whole defense was bad and whatever else. But that was it was ugly. Yeah, it was. And, and obviously, for them to make this move tells me that it also looked bad in practice. Um, and you know, he's played in a bunch of different schemes. He's not necessarily like a, a system linebacker per se. Like he's been able to move around, but I, I assume Evero is just like, he doesn't do anything that Alex Singleton doesn't do. Um, you know, if, Mm -hmm. if you're looking for a guy who can just kind of roam around and make tackles, Singleton might be better at this point. Uh, and we'll see what happens when the 53 comes out. But I kind of think he was like Sternad is better in coverage and singleton is better at you know just the go go be a tackle machine guy so it's like yeah i don't i don't have a use for him necessarily totally and i don't know this this probably isn't the case but you could read some good news about jonas griffith into it yep i I saw people doing that on twitter it had nothing to do with my first thoughts yep um but you could why not i mean he was supposed to miss up to three weeks at the start of the season with a small chance he could play week one. Yep. We can take this as maybe one or two, none or one. I don't think it matters at all. Probably not. I don't think it has any impact personally because it's a, it's an end of the roster thing. Um, and Jonas Griffith is going to be on the 53 regardless. Yep. So it wasn't like, oh, you have an open spot. Let's bring this guy in. It's like, okay, who, he's fighting to be the last linebacker on the roster. That wasn't what we originally thought, but that's obviously what it came down to. And they were like, "Yeah, he's not the he's not the one." Um, so let's just you know get this get this going now. It also tells me that um, I think they maybe want to get a little more playing time 
for maybe especially Justin Sternad. I think there's uh, a real chance on Saturday, and that's that's what I'm looking at. Is like I they were leaning Sternad anyway, and for them to cut Schobert early tells me they're like, what this guy's 28. Like, do we really want him to split snaps in the preseason? Um, we have to do it if we want to give him a chance to pass Sternad on mm-hmm. the on the roster, um, but we don't really want to give him those reps. We'd rather give those reps to Justin. Mm-hmm. kind of what I'm reading into that. So good news, I think, for Justin Sternad making the roster. Um, we'll see how many, you know, we I think we had talked about them maybe only keeping three at one point. Um, or, yeah, so it would be obviously Josie and Jonas, mm-hmm. Alex Singleton for sure. Mm-hmm. And then I think I think Justin Sternad's getting that last. And, yep. and I started feeling that way the last training camp practice because I, I always do the last training camp practice mm-hmm. chart uh, who's on the special teams units, mm-hmm. and he was on there. Um, and so, you know, that's one thing that you guys can maybe keep an eye out for, um, over the next couple of days before, as we lead up to cut day. Cause that, that'll tell you, that'll always tell you like coaches are not wasting first team special teams reps mm-hmm. on guys that aren't going to be on the team. Totally. Uh, so I, I wrote this section of the ride. It's going to be out in a couple hours. There's the plug. What, uh, what's the odds that Alex Singleton is starting. And so say no Jonas Griffith. There is either him week or Sternod starting week one. What percentage you put on it? Um, 99. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Okay. I think there's a real chance they put Sternod out there. I don't. And, and here's the reason why. Um, if the Seahawks beat you, it's because they beat you at the run. And you weren't able to stop the run. And they were able to get in like really easy third down scenarios. Yeah. Uh, and that is Justin Sternad's biggest weakness at this point is the run game. It, mm-hmm. it hasn't been pretty for him when he's when he's been out there. Mm-hmm. Now, last week, I'm not really putting on anyone. Everyone looked terrible out Definitely. there. Like the, the defensive line was bad. The linebackers were bad. Everything was bad trying to fit the run. But it is his biggest weakness. You can't end up giving up 15, 20-yard runs because someone got, someone got in the wrong hole. If there's one thing you can count on Alex Singleton for, it's being in the right place. It is really nice. To hear you say something like, ah, oh, Seattle beat you, it's going to be with a run. Then you think about their running game, and yeah, it's, it's not scary at all. Yeah. I will say I played against the Seahawks in Madden the other night. Guy went off on me with Kenneth Walker. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it sucked. He might be a good pickup in the Madden League. He might. Shouldn't have given you that little table talk. No, you shouldn't have. Hmm. Um, by the way, we don't have to talk much about this, but that product is so bad right now. <sighs> I like it. Ah, uh, you're... I just want it to be football, and it feels like it's more football than it was before. Know, but it doesn't f- play right. The running game, in it particular. Pl- it plays really weird. Yeah. It's like clunky and... Especially running game. Yeah. I hate it. But yeah, I don't know. Like, the pass rush, for example. You hate how fast it gets there. I like how realistic it is. <clears throat> What's interesting is I was messing around, so like, I always do this before we lead up to a new season of the league. Mm-hmm. Um try to play with as many players as i can so i know like oh i like that guy i don't like that guy um and i was playing with some good quarterbacks last night and i think there's something written into the uh ai that's like the better the quarterback the better protection they get hmm interesting yeah i'm not going to give away any names but um played with one guy specifically who like the line their line is not that good and i was i had all the time in the world huh okay I'm going to have to get back into that. I've only had a chance to play like four games online. Mm, I think I have played like eight. I also, I told you this yesterday. I decided that in my franchise world, the NFL forced the owners of the Browns to sell the team. So I Good swooped move in by the and, league. Yeah, I swooped in bottom center of Toronto. Been uh, building around CJ Stroud. How did the Argos feel about that? Didn't ask. Oh, okay. Didn't ask, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should have named them the Argos. Like just, they just became the Argonauts. If. In an old Madden, you could have done that. Oh, you, they're still just the Browns. You have to the choose. Tur- there's three teams that you can choose from. Oh, but then like if you go St. Louis, there's no option to like change. You have to be the Browns. It's yeah. Okay, weird. It's really Anyways, stupid. Yeah, it's move on. Um, the other piece of news from today, mm-hmm. and this one shocked me. Didn't shock you, I don't think, or at least you were. It, it was good news for you. Uh, Brett Rippin will start the third game of the preseason this weekend. And that isn't necessarily the most shocking part. That part, I would have said, oh, okay, yeah. Probably playing the whole game. But the snow, the second part of that, which is Josh Johnson will get the second half. 
that blew my mind because that tells you they're at le- actually there's no point in the coaches to lie about this they this is a this is now all of a sudden much more of a competition than i think especially zach or i were giving it credit for and that kind of excites me now there's at least something to pay attention to on saturday <laughs> like there's they think this thing's open and credit to brett rippon who I really felt like was on the outside looking in the whole entire camp for going out there in what really could have been his last chance to make a statement mm-hmm. in the second half against the Bills, which was obviously an ugly game. Yep. He puts together a nice little performance, enough to make Nathaniel Hackett say, I got to give this guy a shot. Got to give him a shot with the twos to see what it looks like because we know what it looks like with Josh with the twos. So let's give Brett a shot. He's undefeated in his NFL career as a starter. And, uh, and I'm happy for Brett. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. And I'll real quick plug game grades. Go back and read those. It's like 3,000 words grading out 38 different players. Preseason is awful. But if you're like me, you can just scroll and see the grades. Ex- and if one pops out <laughs> to you, then you read the explanation. It's like, yeah, I spent a little more time on a couple. Maybe hit those. I think only, let's see, Quinn Miners. Uh, yeah, only Quinn Miners, Montreal, Washington, and Brandon McManus graded out higher than Brett Rippon in that game. Wow. That's a good way to tease that story, by the way. Yeah, I just be so. like these are the top grades. Yeah, read the rest for all of them. Kendall Hinton got a C plus, which, like, when you see four targets, zero catches, you think like it's gonna be terrible. But then you look and it's like, yeah, Josh Johnson just missed him a couple times. So what did he do right to get the plus? He got open on those plays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He also blew that block that made Montrell have to break that tackle on the kick return. I think you were um, you were generous. I think I might have been too. You're too easy on the Hall of Famer. I know. It's like he almost tapped his toes on the sideline. It's like uh, I'm not. I'm not going to dock you for not making that play. You know. Hmm. It's like uh, that was one I of wish those. You were my, one of my me. teachers when I was in school. Yeah. Well, the defense <laughs> things went differently. Okay. Fair. Um, what? So why don't you read the Brett Rippin? Uh, Brett Rippin. A uh, 26-year-old hit Darius Shepard up the sideline his first throw for 28 yards. He hit Albert Okawebenom on a back shoulder ball for a 26-yard gain on the other sideline. He dropped perfect balls over the shoulders of Trey Quinn and Jalen Virgil for 20-plus yard gains up those sidelines. Rippin missed a couple of throws, but his touch on the boundary was on full display against the Bills. It's worth noting that he was not under nearly as much pressure as Johnson. Still was a solid bounce back from week one. Nice. What were his eventual stats? That's why I pulled this up because I thought I wrote him down, but I didn't. I think he, he was something like it was good. I want to say like nineteen of twenty-two or something. Yeah, that's a, that's kind. Of, I had sixteen of nineteen in my head, but that might have mm-hmm. been Case Keenum. No, because that would have been more. That would have been the, all the incompletions in the entire game for the Bills. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that was too bad. Okay, uh, he was he was twenty-two of twenty-six, one ninety-one in a touchdown. That's really good, man, and he earned that. I mean, what was what was Josh Johnson? Eight of 16, 70 yards. Yeah, brutal. What was his grade? Uh, it was not good. It was a, it was a C. Okay. God, the the pressure was what kept it out of the D's. Yeah, and that was, um, it was brutal to watch. Mm-hmm. The just, the pressure. Nothing's on time. Everything's like, uh, all off schedule and ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much the entire time he was in there with Brett, at least. I mean, you mentioned it in the in the grades. His touch to the sideline is very good. Yep. Like, very, very it's good. incredible. And so when you watch him making plays in the game, it's like, yeah, he kind of does one thing well. But what does Josh Johnson do well? Well, in week one, he did everything well. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's fair. He had but that I don't one feel ball like to he, hit him for the touchdown. I, if I were to – if I was, like, game planning for the Broncos and Josh Johnson had to start a game, big touch would um, – I wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily know, like, where do we go with this? It would be like, mm-hmm. oh, let's try to run the ball. Like, with, with Brett, you very clearly go into that game being like, okay, let's, let's make most of our offense out towards the sidelines. Totally. And what does that do to a defense? Especially right now, like, everybody's playing out. the two high, but they're always rotating down to single high, whether it's like a cover three or a cover one with man out there. Yep. So that's where you want to be stressing most NFL defenses at this point is up the sideline because that, first of all, that's, pretty open but it also forces the defense to to defend the sideline which opens opens things up for the running game which Absolutely. josh johnson doesn't necessarily do yeah and so as much as i've never felt like this was a competition it wasn't based on my personal thoughts it was based on i kind of thought the coaches brought josh johnson here to be the backup and that mm-hmm. was kind of it yep now 
anything can happen. And I, I and you know, obviously the more, I don't know if exciting is the right word, but uh, Brett Rippon at least provides a little more unknown to where you can be like, oh, maybe he could turn into a career backup for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Um, Instead of getting one or two years out of Josh Johnson, like yes. it's not a big difference. It is. It's so small, but it's like, oh, he could be. The Gary Kubiak to John Elway for Russell yeah. Wilson. Yeah, why not? Like, yeah, give him a chance. Like, he's 1-0 in his career. He played a decent game against the Jets. He did. I thought uh, it was more than decent for what he was Yeah. kind of, you know. That's fair. What he was, what he was to- tossed into there. Totally. Yeah, I'm – I still think it has to be Josh Johnson. Like, I still don't think it's Rippon, but that it is at least a competition. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, you want to uh, get into a little bit of what's the word I'm looking for? Ads? Tailgate hype. Oh, yeah. Tailgate <laughs> hype is what I was looking for. Um, this Saturday, our final preseason tailgate. Uh, you got a great price on it. It's 40 bucks. All you can eat. Uh, all the Breck brews you can drink. Um, and it's so much fun. We like the last one was actually, it was such a great, like welcome to football season. This one I feel like is going to be like, um, the bridge to the regular season, like come out, hang out with all, you know, Broncos country, hang out with us, talk ball, throw some bags, mm-hmm. a little beer pong, a couple shots of Breckenridge distillery, a couple Breck brews. You get your mile high city sliders, which is a food truck, um, that pulls right into the tailgate, which is pretty awesome. And they were delicious last time. So if you're going to the game, I promise you that this is the way to do it. You got to come out to this game or you got to come out to the tailgate if you're going to this game or you're probably not going to have that good of a time. Yeah. Lexi's <laughs> going out there. Okay. They're very excited. I think they're going to get there really early. Let's go. Drink a lot of beers. Yes. It's it'll make the game a lot more fun. It it is the fun actually. <laughs> it honestly at this point, yeah. Like, week one of the preseason, I get hyped about. Yeah. And week two, it's like, okay, this is still fun. Week three, you definitely don't need a week four. You definitely don't Thank need a God week four. Thank God for that, Could man. you imagine? I don't even, like, I can't even hearken back to what it was like to go through a week four of the preseason. Like, week three feels like torture to me. I know. the All the fun things have happened. So, not to discourage you from buying tickets. Hopefully, they're cheap. I know the first week was expensive. Over there cheap, mm-hmm. but the best reason to go to the game is to go to the tailgate. Totally. <laughs> totally. And you can just go to the tailgate just to hang out if you want and then go to a bar or whatever, watch it. Uh, we won't quite be open for the game yet, but we'll definitely be open for week one, so get hyped for that. Um, and, yeah, check out the tailgate. Go to uh, eventbrite.com slash – what is it, Allie? <laughs> DNVR tailgates. Ah, there nice. you go. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like 40 bucks to get in. Yep. Not bad. Uh, Not at all. Also, Breckenridge Brewery. Going to be a lot of Breckenridge beers there on Saturday. That's kind of, again, that's like the point of the day. I actually day. think it's just eventbrite.com slash DNVR. Yeah, Anyways. Okay. But yeah, I mean, Strawberry Sky, the seltzers, the hard sodas, the vanilla porter, if you're a weird guy this time of year. Um, it's all good stuff. You should definitely be drinking it. They've been a huge part of the community. They help out with the boulder fires. They have all sorts of promotions, getting community heroes to the, that Avs playoff run. Cool stuff from them. We like to support them because they're good people and they make good beers. Go to breckbrew.com. Use the beer locator. It'll tell you where you can go to pick up whatever you want to try or just come to the tailgate on Saturday. Boom. What else? Um, yeah. Uh, also... DraftKings Sportsbook. Nice. I can take that one. DraftKings Sportsbook, <laughs> where you can bet $5 to get $200 in free bets uh, when you sign up using the code DNVR. It's a great deal. Uh, all you got to do is bet $5 on any college football line. This is soon, I'm sure, going to move into NFL, but we've got week zero this week. Uh, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Northwestern plus 13 um, in Dublin against Nebraska. Should be a fun way to spend Saturday morning. Um, so bet five on that or any other college football line. Get $200 in free bets from our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's a great deal. And remember to use that code DNVR when you sign up. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Nice. All right. A little, t- a little draft we came up with here, which I'm excited for. Uh, we got to go through these rookies. And this was your idea. Essentially... Draft the rookies based on who is going to contribute the most this year. Mm-hmm. Now, we have to determine the draft order. We do. 
And we've come up with a very dumb way to do that. Uh, we so. actually came up with an incredibly dumb way to do it, but we decide against that. <laughs> we decided to make it slightly less dumb. Uh, Still dumb. So the way this works, <laughs> Allie is going to guess, is going to, not guess, Allie is going to set a number between 1 and 20. Mm -hmm. You and me alternate guesses until one of us gets it. Because I'm generous, I'm going to give you the first draft pick of the pick to get the pick in the draft. Perfect. Uh, seven. No. Oh, but John Elway. Uh, I'm going to go 11. No. 18? No. Peyton. Okay. Um, six. No. Uh, 13. No. 20. No. 17. No. <laughs> but one. No. Two. No. Three. <laughs> no. Four. Five. No. Not going to get me. Eight. No. Nine. No. <laughs> Ten. No. Twelve. Yes. Oh, oh this go. is rigged. Eleven no is way. our favorite number combined. So I said no. We 11. both have the same favorite number. That's so why. So that's I why I so didn't. Adorable. But that's why I didn't do it. So that it wouldn't be that it would oh. be fair for you. Wow. Okay. Hmm. I'm still skeptical. That's justice. Um, so I just did 12. Okay. All right. Um, so what do you want to name this? Because right now I just have drafting something as the title. The it sounds good to me. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, the great rookie contributor draft. Okay. Mm, Thank you. That's a good name. Okay. So the way this is going to work, we didn't want to do snake draft because that was too confusing. That's why the, this, uh, the draft pick draft was uh, really important. It's all ends. So have I've, you ever seen a snake that's constantly <laughs> bending? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's like coiled up. Every part is a bend. Yeah, that just, that's a coil. That's true. A, what a about coiled a circular snake. draft? Um, oh, I, don't, I think that's what we're doing. Kind oh, of. okay. Okay, so I have number one, you have number two, etc. Yep. Um, I don't know how I ended up on 2021 rookies. I just want to make sure I have everyone here. <sighs> Guess who's not prepared? You guys were um, boring. Eddie left. Good job. Oh, wow, we lost my sister. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Hank's sister's here to watch. Well, she was here to watch. Yeah. Now she's just here. Um, all right. Broncos contributor draft number one overall. Mm hmm. Montreal Washington. Wow. See, I I can't blame you though because he. He will be on the field. He's going to be on the field several times a game, no matter what. Yep. And then on offense, like I'm convinced he's going to be used in offense. And I was <sighs> never, I never felt that way when they drafted him. And then I saw him out there in camp. I'm like, oh yeah, this guy's part of the offense. With Dulcich on the sideline, Nick Benito, be, I mean, game grades. Well, I think he was a D plus this week. I mean, they could both find path. I think Montreal Washington has just as good a chance to be getting offensive snaps or defensive for Benito as either of those guys. And he has special teams. That's a good pick. And Russ likes him. I think that's huge. That is probably the biggest thing. Um, pick number two. This is where you're just torn between two. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, Would you have taken Montreal number one overall? I don't think I would have, but I should have. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair. yeah. He wasn't number one on my big board. I might have rethought it. Um. I'll take, give me Dulcich. Oh, okay. Give me Dulcich. Yep. I, I think there's so many edge rushers. We saw Nick Benito's limitations last week. You know, crashing inside, he makes a great play against the run. And by great play, it's like a four-yard gain. And there were two other guys who could have made the tackle anyway. But then also on the next play, crashes inside again. And then they get to the outside. There's the touchdown that goes to his side. Can't set the edge. He didn't even do much as a pass rusher. He has some work to do. He's a long ways away. Um, that being said, I'm, I like you, you kind of did me a favor here cause I wasn't going to take Dulcich, um, really? because of just my thing about guys who don't yeah. practice. Like I, I, I have no faith in, especially a rookie who doesn't really participate in camp in any significant way. What did he have? Two or three true camp practices. I remember the day he caught a touchdown from Russell Wilson. Wow. It's the only day I remember him being we, out there. And then there. we thought we were off and running, but we no, did. I mean, it, it helps that Albert O is playing the entire game. Like, it does feel like Dulcich... Like, they're waiting for him. Exactly. Yeah. Dulcich is going to get plenty of opportunities when he's healthy, if he's healthy. I agree. Um, so, if you had taken Benito, I would have taken someone else. Um, mm. But I'll take Benito here. Okay. That's a good pick. Now it's back to me already. This is where things get really tough. Um, and by the way, on Benito, 
he's going to have a very limited role. Mm-hmm. But I think he can be productive in that very limited role. It definitely. Third and 13, send him out there. Yeah. Uh, you He's know, NASCAR package, it. send him out there. But just don't expect him to, you know. Like, I'm even worried about if you put him out there on third and 13, like them just running a screen right over his head. There's that as well. But, like, the other thing is some of those guys, it's like, oh, you, you put him outside, you put him inside. Like, he has to be outside. Mm-hmm. Like, they rushed him up the middle on that Josh Allen touchdown where he had a full five seconds to throw the ball. It was five seconds before he threw the ball, more than five seconds, and there was nobody on the way. That could have been six. That could have been more than that. The two guys on the edge were essentially the only people who made any impact on that play, and it was just because, like, the blockers just kind of, like, pushed Mm -hmm. them out, you know, instead of, like, like, they kind of pushed them into into the play by just blocking them as Josh Allen went further and further back instead of stepping up. You have have Nick Benito rushing up the middle, and he's a part of that problem. He never impacted the play in any way. But with Randy Gregory, Bradley Chubb, maybe you move them inside. There's a way to do it. I like the idea of putting um, Bradley Chubb and Nick Benito on the same side of the field. (sighs) Me too. Okay, your pick. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, I feel like I'm really in a tough spot. I'll take – give me Matt Hennings in. Whew, you keep just doing what I want you to do. God damn it. I don't want to hear that. Yeah, I mean, he... Uh, over I, the I, last... he, was, he was higher on my list than I thought he would be on yours. Obviously I know. not. Um, but I, I like what he did recently. He's been really good. Even, even in that preseason game, like, everybody's bad, including him for the most part. But there was one, like, little stunt where he's just, like, trying to take out a blocker. He just cleans up two of those guys. And you're just like, that is a big, strong guy. He's going to be good. Yeah. Um... He just has that, like, motor that you like out of a defensive lineman. Like, it just feels like he's just going to grind his way into totally. plays, um, which you love to see. All right. You left him there for me. Thank you very much, Damari Mathis. Yep, and that's who I was deciding between. <laughs> yeah. Um, he the, – it's kind of the opposite uh, story for those two uh, in terms of Henningsen and Mathis. Mathis was like – if you if we would have done this draft a week into camp, I might have picked mm-hmm. him first. Um, mm-hmm. because he was just showing up, making plays every day. He finally got an interception, I want to say, on like the fifth day of camp. But it was like, man, he just keeps making plays. Remember us talking about that. It's like, he just keeps making plays, and today yep. he finally got over the hump and made uh, an interception. And then he faded a little bit uh, later down, you know, as camp went on. Yep. But I'm going to say that during that time early in camp, he earned his way into a supporting role uh, in the secondary. And – to be honest, OJ Moody has been so bad recently that there's going to be an opportunity for him to surpass him. And I I mean, we see it. You have to think the coaches have seen it. Yes. And I think that OJ Moody having the injury is a good excuse to say, like, okay, Damari Mathis is our number four corner or like number three boundary guy because it's, it's weird when K1 only does the thing that K1 does. Yeah. But. I think that with Ojemudia sidelined, like that, that's it for him being number four. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, man, what a weird path Ojemudia has taken. Um, he came, came in with a lot of excitement. Mm-hmm. Then he went out there and was pretty bad early in his career with a couple of big plays. Yeah, but people like wrote him off. Oh yeah, and were just like, "This guy sucks." Then at the, at the end of that season, he really came on. Yeah. And it was like, wow, this is awesome. Um, and I have some guy who constantly quote tweets me saying at one point during that season, like, there's still time to delete your bad Michael Ojemudia takes. <laughs> he, like, keeps trying to, like, dunk on me for, oh, ha- wow. for saying that. I'm like, this, this is a, a weak effort. Yep. Um, but then, obviously, injuries. Then the hype, like, returns this year. Mm-hmm. And then it all just goes away. It's been one of those things where it, it feels like he's almost there a couple times and then has a setback for whatever reason. Totally. Totally. And, like, everybody was all ready to, to jump on the, the hype train again. He just has had a rough month or so. Again, that continued on Saturday. You know, he was – I think he might have tied – yeah, he might have the lowest grade all alone. Um, Oof. but it was, it was just an ugly day. And there were like, even when you're like, okay, good tackle next play, just gets shaken out of his shoes. And you're just like, okay, this is not going well. And then he got hurt. And I don't know. Demar Mathis is a good pick. He'll see the field. I decided I'm not, first of all, he needs to like, 
He needs things to break his way a little bit to see the field. I think Henning's in pretty quickly as a part of that rotation. Mm. I know. Maybe that's a hot take. Over. Oh, go ahead. I mean, there's like six of those guys. They'll get in there. And I think okay. he's one of those six. All right. Um, But yeah, Damari yeah. Mathis. We'll see if he gets in and we'll see what happens if he does. Your pick. Your last pick? No. No, he's got. Okay. Give me uh give me the hung young individual. No. Yep. Finally you took one yep. that I wanted. Oh. oh, that's Brandon Johnson. That's Brandon Johnson. Uh he's been so good. You know, it's scary to take him just because I don't even He might not make the team. He might not make the team. You've got Jalen Virgil right there. You've got uh Seth Williams right there. Tyree Cleveland is kind of the wild card in all this, but he's just been so good. If if one of these rookie receivers is making plays this season, I think it's Brandon Johnson, and I think that the coaches probably realize that too, and that's probably why he makes the team. Yeah, yep, I like it. Um, it I thought I was going to be able to maybe like pull a rabbit out of a hat on you in the final round, but good job, good pick. Um, and that leaves me with my very last pick. I got to say, I'm not that energized by any other undrafted guys yep um so i think that makes this one pretty easy for me uh, i'm gonna take ioma uazarike um okay uh, the tape in the preseason has not been great so far <laughs> i don't even know how to google that can you just <laughs> let's just see you try to spell it ioma uazarike yes, ioma uazarike let's see what you got here <laughs> uh, you can't be that wrong it's pretty it's pretty like Which sounded why out kind of you name. Can sneaky embarrass yourself with a tough name here. If you're not close, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, so you want me to spell it for you? Oh, she's yeah, gonna cheat. I just spelled it on Google and literally no searches and all of Google. <laughs> all right, well, what do you think the first letter is? Y. Okay, yeah. yeah. I can see why you did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the first sound is E, so the first letter is E. E Y O M A. E Y I O M A, sorry. E Y I O M A. O M A. U W. Does this have a word now? Yes. U W. A Z U. R I K E. There we go. I would have wow. spelled that so wrong. <laughs> yeah, if Zach was here, he would have just said any. He would have. And you would have gotten a cop out. That is true, but we oh. don't do that. So uh, here's what it comes down to for me. I love his college tape so much mm. that I just feel like it has to come alive at yep. some point. Now, as we know in the pros, that doesn't always happen. You can have great college tape and not be a great pro. But for someone who has his size and his strength, mm -hmm. it feels like technique is the last piece. And if he just gets that down, um, then he's going to break out eventually. Um, but I'll be honest with this pick. It's just like I'm, I don't like anyone else. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Um, you know, I've, I'll say I'm, I'm down to Jalen Virgil and Fayon Hicks. I can kind of hedge my Brandon Johnson, Johnson with Jalen Virgil, but that feels like, like a cop-out. two-for-one type of thing? Like, yeah. I mean, I guess you can they, could only both, get one. they could both make the team. Maybe. Maybe there's like an injury at some point, touch wood, and then both get opportunities. I'll, I'll, I'll take Fayon Hicks, and that's, hmm. a, that's a bold one. Yeah. I'll justify it this way. I think that the Broncos are more comfortable with Hicks in the slot than they are with Mathis in the slot. And we'll see if that's true. Um, but let's say Usain Bassey doesn't make the roster, which okay. who knows, but he's had a really rough camp. They keep Fayon Hicks, and then all of a sudden he is the, the backup to Kwan Williams. I think you probably see a world in which Sertan goes to the slot and Mathis goes outside. But there's there's at least a path here. Jalen Virgil, he's blocked by so many guys. I think at this point, so I'll, I'll go Hicks. I'm just look. I, I want to make sure we didn't miss anyone in the undrafted group, and and it's really, I mean, few guys who even made a play outside of the yeah. wide receivers. Um, Rip Max Borgie. Yeah, but I, I'm looking at. I'm just talking about this year's undrafted totally. group, like, um, Caden Davis gone. You know, uh, Tyreek McAllister gone or yeah. not yet. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> um, Rodney Williams, Dylan Parr. I'm like, you go through, there's just not a lot of mm -mm. no, no spice um, out of the rest of those guys. Brandon Johnson, Jalen Virgil have been the two guys. 
Um, a lot of people talk about the Broncos' undrafted rookie streak, which isn't a thing. Anymore, uh, it yeah. died a couple of years ago, it but it is going to be like 16 out of 17 years or something like that, uh, assuming one of Brandon Johnson or both make the roster. Um, so that's exciting. But other than that, you know, the other um, rookies that went undrafted were Luke Wattenberg. I feel like he's done enough that he maybe deserved to be drafted. Yeah, I just – the reason I didn't is because you already have Graham Glasgow. And I think that yep. he gets on the field first. Yep. Uh, Delarin Turner yell. Just quiet. I would say he had a quiet camp. He's, I mean, Caden Stearns, PJ Locke in front of him. Yeah. So that's going to be tough for him. Um, and those are the only two guys who are actual draft picks that didn't get drafted. Yep. All right. Uh, let us know in the comments who you think has the better team. And we're going to put this on Twitter. I have a feeling I'm going to dominate you. Yeah, I'm a little bit scared about this one, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I don't think that went great for me. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's, it even looks like I had the first pick, too, and I still came out with all this. Uh, Do you want me to flip them around? Uh, it's not worth no. the time. I'll take the beating. Uh, all right. That's, uh, that's, good. that's good stuff there. Who else do we need to hear from? We need to hear from. Well, I, I texted you if you would check. Your oh, phone. sorry. But, yeah. I'm so I'm like the, uh, so dialed into this show. The that. American Raptors. First of all, get out to Infinity Park. They play rugby out there, and uh, it's Bronc Daddies. Um, I, I know where the text oh, oh, message okay. thread is. <laughs> okay, um, but if you go to their website, you can I get. You just outed the name of our text. I know. Thread. I, I realized <laughs> as I was saying it. Um, yeah, but if you go to the website, then you can get free tickets to these rugby games. How often? How often do you get to to get free tickets to things? Not you because you're special. I was but just like say, in general. I mean, for me, it's like every couple of weeks. I uh, know, I know it is. <laughs> but for most of us, we really enjoy free tickets. So take these free tickets and go watch rugby. It's a lot of fun. And also make sure that you're keeping up with the DMVR rugby podcast. All stuff on the website from Colton Strickler. It's good. Great. <laughs> There's also uh, a sweet uh, raffle being put on by our friends over at CGA. Yes. Um, someone's got to find the uh, the link for me uh, that I need to send people to. I, I searched. I can't find it. Okay. Uh, ColoradoGolf.org. There you go. Go to ColoradoGolf.org. Get in on the uh, awesome <laughs> raffle they have going. Uh, Band and what, what Dunes, are, oh, okay. one of the courses on there. Uh, I believe Wailea. Yeah. Uh, is, is an option out there. Yeah. Um, so lots of great places you can go play golf. Um, Whistling Straits. Whistling Straits. Spencer's been there. He said it was incredible. Um, and he played like in the snow. So it's got to be good if you go during times wow. that normal people go. Yeah, seriously. What is wrong with him? I don't I think it was like a late fall type of thing. Huh. Spencer and Mitch are always talking about how great fall golf is. And I just couldn't disagree more. That time of the year is booked for me. Well, so I want to get into a habit of like uh, playing more golf early on the weekends in the fall. Mm. But the thing is, fall golf, if you get a perfect day and you luck out, it's great. But if you don't, then it's like, oh, yeah, you teed off at 7 a.m. It was 51 degrees. 51 was not the number I was expecting. I'm used to Montana. It's like, oh, it was 31 when we started out there. No, that's, that's a little I mean, different. That's like, I'm not going. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, you wear like jackets and things. But I... I I do think there's something to the the weekend early because like if you sit on the couch and watch college football all day, you have the time of your life, but also you do not feel good at the end of the day. That's true. You're like, you had like two meals and, that were and, bad for you. Yes. You had zero movement other than just to the bathroom or to the fridge. Even if you just knock out nine holes at like 8 a.m. Yeah. Get back on the couch by 10 but, when things are happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's in my plans. And great time to plug the golf tournament, which is happening at Raccoon Creek next Friday, a week mm -hmm. from Friday. I can't, I can't believe that's it's wild coming up that soon. Um, but that's exactly what we're doing. We're playing golf early in the morning, 8 a.m. shotgun, I believe. Uh, and then we'll head straight to Folsom Field after a, a quick shower after the round. Mm -hmm. That is the way to attack uh, a weekend in the fall. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk later about getting some early Early we'll Saturday later. morning tea times. Mm -hmm. Also, for tailgates, just go to eventbrite.com and then search DMVR and you will find all of our tailgates. Sweet. Also, cool. I'm pretty sure slash DMVR works. Oh, no. I looked it up and it does not. Oh. So you are wrong. Well, I was told it does. <laughs> uh, anyways. All right. Let's get into comments from the listeners. Do we have any super chats we need to hit, Allie? Negative. Oh, do we have any good chats we should hit? 
Um, Nathaniel Brown said best Broncos pod hands down. So let's go. Yeah. I also saw the homie Jose said RK one. So that's definitely a good mm. comment. Interesting. Yeah. He also helped me um, spell that's probably that right. very hard name. So thank you. Jose. Oh, there we go. All right. Let's jump into the comments from the listeners. And the first one here comes in from Mark Shippers, an OG who says, Hey guys, quick question. Why do all running backs wear 26 for Denver look like a cross between Walter Payton and Barry Sanders and... <laughs> Clinton, Clinton Portis for sure fits. Yeah. Tatum Bell yep. was liquid. And Mike Boone looks gorgeous when he has a hole. I don't know. Just an observation. Mark and Kansas. It is really true. That is true. Like, other than the part that they all they look like a cross between Walter Payton and Barry Sanders. 26 on a Broncos running back. For some reason, looks very right. They do play in that style, though. Like, it is just, like, quick and bursty and fast and yeah. all that sort of stuff. I was watching uh, Barry Sanders highlights the other night, which, like, I could do forever. Yeah. Um, how is it? How is it that there's not been another person who moves like that? That is, you would think there'd be one. Like usually, you look back, you look at guys now, and you're like, "Wow, that's a revolutionary like yeah. athleticism." Like how you know you're like, "How has there never been anyone who shoots as well as Steph Curry?" But that's mm-hmm. like current. It's like we've had 20 years since Barry Sanders to be able to find another person who moves like Barry Sanders. We haven't been able to do it. Nobody really moves like Jerry Judy. Again, there's still time in the future, but nobody has that like, like it, is he just pigeon toed or something? I don't. He does have like a certain wiggle to him that's very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, but Barry Sanders, man, yeah, I can't get over how cool it is to watch him run. Uh, I was talking with, with Brandon Spano about this. He said Lashawn McCoy is probably the closest in terms of like having those level of like jukes. But even he doesn't. I don't even think he gets within like twenty percent. This Isaiah Pacheco guy from the Chiefs, like a seventh round rookie running back. Andy Reid's calling him like a cross between Jamal Charles and LaShawn McCoy, but bigger. I'm a little bit scared, but LaShawn McCoy made that come up. Give me a break. Okay. Uh, Melbourne Bronco. Hi, boys. Uh, I think Hackett. What? No, I didn't say anything. Oh, you snapped your neck really hard. Yeah, I was just listening. Okay. Uh, He says, my boys, I think Hackett (laughs) hasn't started prepping for week one because all teams change things up year by year. So waiting for new preseason films uh, would make sense, wouldn't it? So... I guess he wants to see Drew start week three of the preseason for the Seahawks. Uh, he goes on on preseason in Aussie rules. My team, the Sydney Swans, have made the playoffs in 18 of the last 20 years. Let's go. Uh, in preseason uh, matches, they would have won maybe five out of 50 games. There you go. Which player do you guys think will be the surprise package in week one versus Seattle? I mean, I'll, my number one pick, Montreal Washington. These scores make no sense. Are you looking up Sydney Swan scores? Yeah. I see they just won 13.1 to 11.8. What's go What kind What are we doing here? I don't know. They have they have a second score in parentheses. What's the second score? 88 to 74. Did they win both scores? They did win both scores. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, go Sydney Swans. Go go Swans, baby. I think we're actually um Melbourne Broncos fans. Oh wait, no, that's not that. That's his name. Um, <laughs> um, Brisbane Broncos. Oh yes, Brisbane okay. Broncos. Well, sorry, Sydney Swans. F you. Yeah, I think Sydney Swans are better, but that's okay. It sounds like it. From Big Hank Stan, what's the biggest trap game on this year's slate, and what's the game that the Broncos will win that most pundits predict as an L? I have the Jaguars as a trap game. Yeah, and it feels like kind of a cop out because it's in London, but. Trevor Lawrence is doing some really cool things. What's the Jags record in London? I'll look that up while Ooh, you talk about Trevor one. Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, there was like the, the, the ball that he threw this week. It's like an out route, and it goes just over the defender's fingertips. Like just over. It's like full extension. Defender's all pissed off. Trevor Lawrence just like winks at him. Wow. No, I know, but it's stuff like that where you're like, okay, that was just a terrible coach last now year. Now that Urban Meyer is and just destroying the yep. vibes. So the Jags are 4-4 four and four all time in London, which tells you that they're better in London <laughs> than they are anywhere By else. By a mile. <laughs> that isn't even close. Um, so I guess you got to be a little worried about it. Yes. The Broncos are 0-1 oh in London. That is true, isn't it? I forgot about that. Yep. That game was terrible. That, that was really, really awful. But yeah, I mean, even if it was here, I'd be kind of nervous. I... I I wanted to throw the Texans in there just because of my Davis Mills hype, but you just can't get that far. No. Not at home. Especially not in Russell's two. first game. Exactly. Um, this is the one. Okay, so that's that's your trap game. 
I don't believe in trap games um, unless my team is the underdog. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> as for what's the game that they're going to win uh, any game against the Chargers? Hmm. Okay. I'll bless you. <laughs> Terrible um, timing. Zach did his like record prediction thing on uh, yeah. on TikTok. It did numbies. Actually, I want to start calling Zach. His nickname is is now numbies. Numbies. Ooh, yeah. I love when we try out new nicknames <laughs> when we have like a, a a talk before he shows back up. Yes. So everyone remember Zach's new nickname is Numbies. Zach Numbies Stevens. It was also a finger wag from Trevor Lawrence, not a wink. Oh, okay. Yeah. He did. Okay, I respect that. Yep. Um. So uh, Numbies did his uh, TikTok the other day, <laughs> and in there he uh, he had the Broncos winning both games against the Chargers, which. Doesn't sound like something he would do. It sounds like something mm-hmm. I would do. But there was like all these people in the comments being like, LOL, you're not sweeping the Chargers. And I was like, there's no way these are Chargers fans. These are just like random people yeah. around the NFL that just hype up the Chargers every single year for them to do nothing. By the way, it's already begun for the Chargers. JC Jackson out two to four weeks. And that's approximately two to four weeks, um, which I've heard that before. And it's an ankle scope. Yes. And I don't think I've ever said this before. I don't believe in scopes. Mm. I think that there is no <laughs> reason to do that. Because I mean, we have x-rays. We have MRIs. Oh, this is we have CAT scans. Dr. Hank in the building, everyone. Just grab it and kind of feel it. <laughs> There's so many options. And you're choosing... You're saying that the only way to figure out if everything's all right is to cut his ankle open and it's going to keep him out a month? And that's hilarious if they're like, yep, everything's good. That's a waste of two <laughs> to four weeks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Thanks for cutting my ankle open, bro. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's terrible. I don't think that's probably ever a good idea. There has to be a better way. I think there's just more to it and that we're being undersold mm. every time. They're like, yep, just got an ankle scope. And it's like, no, he had arthroscopic surgery on his uh-huh. ankle. And usually it's because they have to like remove some sort of bone spur yes. or um, some sort of like buildup that's that's like come out. That's like, yes. you know, uh, bothering him in there. So... I've got a close eye on that one, but that's that's the first domino for what the Chargers. What if I have like ankle buildup and don't even know? <laughs> like, what if there's more... all sorts of stuff just in there that's like floating around? You get you need to do more athletic activities to see if it hurts you afterwards. Mm, maybe. Uh, my I'll, I'll take the Rams game. I think Rams on the road. Oh wow! I is, it, I is, Ma- is Matt it's... Stafford's arm just going to give out at some point during the season? Yes. Okay. There is you go. the answer? Good question. Um. The Rams are really good. I'm not going to say the Rams aren't good, but I think that because they won the Super Bowl, which, again, only good teams do, they kind of get put up on the pedestal like, oh, wow, they were so unbeatable. Like, the Bengals just about won that Super Bowl, and think about how we talk about the Bengals and how different that would be if they had actually won the Super Bowl. You know, so I don't I don't think that they're just an otherworldly team. I think the Broncos have a really good chance to win that game, especially because they have so many old players. Somebody's bound to be hurt at that point. Okay. Um, I really want to look up who has thrown the most passes in NFL history, but I can't find that. I'm just finding who's thrown the most completions. It's got to be Tom Brady. Well, it's definitely Tom Brady, but I want to know <laughs> how like how far behind him Matt Stafford is. Oh. Think about that. The, the, they, the entire, his entire career in Detroit, they were throwing it like 30 to 50 times a game. That is quite a few. Regular um, season's completions leader. Stafford's 12. 12 all-time in attempts. Yes. Okay. 6,800 compared to 11,000 for Tom. Um, wow. How many years, though? So that's only 11 years for him. He's, yep. Oh, is he averaging the most pass attempts per season ever? Well, let me keep checking on these things for you. <laughs> pass attempts per game. There's yards per game, yards per pass attempt. Anyways, <laughs> the point being, uh, his arm is all messed up. And I think it's because the Lions were losing all the time. Second most pass attempts per game in NFL history. Let's go. Behind Andrew Luck. Oh. Yeah. Kevin fun one. thing. That is. They were all worried about putting up Star Wars numbers. They were. And they were just trying to chuck the rock around the entire uh-huh. time he was there. Huh. <laughs> um, where were we going with that? Oh, right. There was a, we were reading the comments from the listeners. Uh, <laughs> I got all lost. All right. Next one's from <laughs> Big Hank Stan as well. 
As to Melbourne's question, surprise package, doesn't that have to be Hung Young? Uh, <laughs> what says Jack in a Box style game breaker more than Mr. Johnson himself? So true. Very good. Surprise package. Yes. Uh, Danimal. All right, guys. Plane tickets, game tickets, and hotel are all booked. And we, the loyal DNVR people, need the deets. Where's the tailgate, post-game party, and Halloween party in London? And the better <laughs> question is, can we all do group costume as colonial rebels and stir up a bit of trouble? That yes. seems like a bad idea. No, we absolutely need to do that. That is the best Halloween costume for Americans in England. So I talked to um, some, what would, like, the English uh, you talked about this a couple of I Brits. To call them Englanders. Is that a thing you can? Call I think them? it's the British. Okay, uh, I talked to some Brits about this, and they said like, nah, no one like we don't not have Halloween, but Halloween isn't really a thing." I actually went down this rabbit hole with my girlfriend when she said, "Oh no, we're not gonna be able to do Halloween." And I said, "Yeah, I don't wear costumes. I'm a I don't man. either, actually. Really, well, I, I'm not like that hard line on it. I just hate it. Yeah, I'll put on like the cape or something when we have like a bit on the show. I'll yeah. wear like the tinfoil hat. I did the all hail kale uh, costume last know. year, which was just like I wore a kale McCarr jersey and then put a king's throne over my yeah. shoulders with like a little crown. You know, there's easy, like a weird simple. amount of Halloween though in England is what I've I've discovered. Meaning. Like, it's a thing, but it's not really yes, a thing. that's exactly what it was described to as me. It's like, yeah, we have it, but we don't really care about it. So when we all show up <laughs> in our Revolutionary War outfits, <laughs> people are going to go insane. Uh, yeah. I might wear that costume. Okay. The deets will be coming soon, I promise. Um, but I, I promise you also that it is going to be one hell of a three-day bender for, uh, for the DNVR fam. Okay. If we do wear the Revolutionary War costumes, we need to pick the same one. Because it does look like there are some variations here. I'm only in if I get to be Paul Revere. Yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> Bring like a little horse yes. stick thing, one of those. <laughs> that looked weird what you were just doing. Ah, uh, again, let's, yep. let's clip that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, all right. I think that's all we have unless any uh, last second comments came in. All right. All right. Uh, this has been fun. Henry will be on costume duty. I will work on getting the deets to a place where we can release them. Come to the tailgate on Saturday. Come to the golf tournament next Friday. And, of course, we'll be right back here tomorrow. Tomorrow's just me and Zach. I'm, I'm now the staple of the show. So we'll see you guys later.